This is Pastor Joseph Davis. Thank you for joining the radio ministry of Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. We believe the Word of God is the lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. This Word will bless you right now. We're coming from Genesis 3. I have the King James Version. Okay. And we'll all read together starting at verse 1 down to 7. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doeth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them were both opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So the topic today is interrupted by favor, breaking the identity crisis. We're just going to pray. Thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for your spirit pouring out on us today, for you visiting us here. We ask that you open the eyes of our heart that we may see you, that your word not fall on deaf ears, that it falls in good ground. And we praise you now that somebody's life will be transformed. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. Look at somebody and say, we are in an identity crisis. Now, I grew up in the Baptist church. I know, pray for me. Thank you. I pray for me. Okay, I grew up in the Baptist church and I had a family. I'm not going to say that my family's not saved because we go to church. Now, we go to church. We got some preachers, got some singers, got all that. Good singers, too. Mm -hmm. And what I saw growing up was all my family members went to church, but everybody wasn't doing what the Bible said to do. So that's what I saw. It was do what you want to do Monday through Friday, Saturday, and sometimes Sunday, too, at the church. And then we go to church on Sunday. Now, you're going to be at church now. Grandma ain't going to let you. You'll be, you go to the club, get back at Saturday, Saturday Sunday, 3 a.m. You're going to be at church at Sunday school at 845. <laughs> okay, you're going to be at church. And so this is what I grew up seeing. Now, in my Baptist church, all right, I didn't know nothing about speaking in tongues. Be honest, you didn't speak in tongues. You spoke in tongues, they probably gonna ship you out, exit, exit out the door. And if you did speak in tongues, they say you better hope you got an interpreter, because if you ain't got an interpreter, then you ain't speaking in tongues. You an error. And so all this stuff was new to me. Now I saw this stuff my whole entire life. 
I also grew up in a church where they didn't believe in women preaching or teaching. And so I had this calling on the inside of me since I was 12 years old. And when I first heard it, you always, they always quote Timothy. That's the go-to scripture. They're going to quote that. Women, be silent. Don't say nothing. That's what they're going to tell you. And I was like, okay. And I was like, but I'm looking. I'm looking at these people like Tasha Cobbs and Juanita Bynum and all these people. And I'm like, well, God, if you don't want women to preach, why they got all this anointing? What is all of this? Don't matter, they in error, don't listen to them. <laughs> so I grew up seeing this, right? And God called me at a very young age. And I didn't listen, but he called me at a very young age. And um, going through life, and when I really started to go into the ministry, because I had my first sermon at 19, right? And they didn't call it a sermon, they called it words of encouragement. I went in a pool pit, I was down there. Because you're not getting in this pulpit. All right? And you better not with no pants either. You better be a skirt. My auntie used to hit me every time I came back from college. Why you wearing pants? I'm sorry. That's all I have. You know, I'm in church. You know. Um, so, doing all these things. I'm, I'm trying to find myself. And I did not see the true identity of God. What I saw was religiosity and legalism. And so when the devil came at me, I said, Psh, I ain't doing this no more. I ain't, uh, you can have the front. I ain't going to be in the front no more. And I was like, Psh, I ain't preaching. I ain't doing none of this. I'm fine. I don't need the notoriety. I don't have to be none of that. And I stayed in the back for years. And I feel like that's in the room today where you went somewhere and because of where the church was, it stopped you from where you're supposed to be. So the definition that I have of identity crisis, and this is from the Oxford Dictionary, it's a noun, identity crisis, plural noun, identity crises, a period of uncertainty and confusion in which a person's sense of identity becomes insecure, typically due to a change in their expected aims or role in society. So when we go to the scripture, looking at verse 1 through 3, right? It says, now the serpent was made more subtle than any beast of the field, right? And then he said unto the woman, ye hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. So the first thing is here, we see Satan trying to test to see if she know the word. That's the first thing. She passed that one. He said, yeah, he said, we can't eat this and we, ain't gonna, we can't touch it either. And so he, he then became even more crafty. And he said unto the woman, ye shall not certainly die. For God doeth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So I want to submit to you today that the most unmerited favor that we had was in the Garden of Eden. That was the first. Right? Can you imagine in the garden, 
Don't worry about no clothes. Some of y'all like, mm -hmm. so you don't want to see me with no clothes on. That's all right, praise God. But then you didn't have shame. You was just, <laughs> you have shame. You got to worry about what you're going to eat. You ain't got to work. You have the audible voice of God walking with you all points in times. Right? Commented with us without any barriers. No hard labor. Satan's plan since the beginning of time has always been to snatch your identity. It's always been to snatch your identity. Because what we see here is that Satan, who's a liar, we all know he's a liar, said to her, ye shall not surely die. You ain't gonna die. Mm -mm. For God knows that in the day you eat it, you're gonna be like him. You're gonna be like him. And she thought on that thing. But you're in a bad position when you don't know who you are. You're in a bad position. Come here, Eve. Before she was even created, what did God say? God said, let us create man in our image and in our likeness. So she went for something that she already had. She gave up her favor and her position for something she already had. She was already like God. She was created in the image of God and in the likeness of him. And she allowed the enemy to tell her, I'm missing a thing. I'm, I'm missing something. I'm missing something. Satan's whole ploy is to make us think that God is not good. That God is not good. That's what he did. She said, well, God lied to me. He's holding something from me. And say like, mm-hmm. He's holding it from you. That's right. And we live in a world that preaches God is not good. But how can God not be good when he is the creator of morality? I'm going to keep moving. Let's go to Luke 4. Let's go to Luke 4. What did Satan do with Jesus? What did he do? in the wilderness the questions that he asked everything that he said was he said if you are the son of man what was Satan doing questioning his identity you say you're the son of man you hungry make these bread stones eat it do it you got power you say that right and every time God combated him with scripture it is so important to know your word and to know who you are your favor is in knowing who you are and knowing your word. So Eve forfeited favor in her paradise because she did not know who she was. And what does the Bible say that we are? What does he say? It says that therefore if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Ephesians 1, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has placed within us all spiritual blessings in heavenly places 
places in Christ, even as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to be his own adopted children by Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will. We also have the redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Right? That's who we are in Christ. And so after that, when she saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eye and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. Everything that looked good ain't good for you. I can just imagine you just, you know, seeing look good too. It really looked real good. I just imagine that probably was the best looking tree in the garden. That thing, that fruit was probably juicy. It was glimmering, the light shining on it. And she was like, that look good, right? She probably smelled it too. You know how we do. We smell our food first to make sure, you know, poison in it. Like that's going to tell you what's in it. It's not. <laughs> and was like, well, this don't look too bad. The next part of it, when she ate it, she didn't die. Not naturally. So she like, I ate this, I ain't die. Come here, Adam, here, babe, eat this. We ain't gonna die. <laughs> we ain't gonna die. He like, you ain't, you ate this? Okay. You ain't die, you still here? I'm gonna eat it too. Right? That person that came to you. Oh, dark skin, handsome, look good too. You know, chocolate in. Sorry, light skinned people. <laughs> I know. You know how I many light skinned people that came to me talking about, I'm not light skinned, I'm brown. Baby, you light skinned, it's okay. It's okay. She said, But he ain't saved though. He don't believe in God. But you compromise because of what looks good. That job, it's a whole bunch of money. But you lied on the application to get it. Or you sold one of your friends out because you knew y'all were the, you know, the same likeness, the same, and you was like, uh-uh, I gotta do something to get it before they do. You threw some dirt to get it. You sold people out, you snitched on them. People you were supposed to cover, you expose. I'm coming down your row, I'm coming. I don't know who it is. The Holy Spirit is the revealer, not me, Jesus. Huh? We live in a world where good is defined by what we feel and see. Huh? Proverbs 14 and 12 say, There is a way that seems good unto a man, but the end thereof is death. Huh? You wake up, you feel like a dog, go be a dog. Go bark. Run around. That's what the world say. You want to sleep with that one? Go ahead. You're free. You want to be over here? Bop over here. That's fine. 
and the church has taken on the ideas of the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've taken on the ideas of the world. Huh? Huh? Somebody got tattoos and you can't listen to them preach. Oh, when I came down somewhere. Like, like God can't save people with tattoos. Okay, I'm not advocating for tattoos. I put that out there. Somebody say, she said go get out there. No, I didn't. I ain't say that. <laughs> but if you had tattoos before you got saved, they ain't going nowhere. They ain't going nowhere. And I done, I done got delivered from that. I'm not wearing no sweat in 90 degree weather because you can't hear the word through me. <laughs> I ain't doing it. Huh? Huh? Come here, Jesus. Let's not be like the Pharisees and Sadducees who couldn't see Jesus because of a look. We miss God because of a look. Hmm? And this new generation that's coming up, they're going to have wigs, they're going to have locks, they're going to have tats, some of them may have piercings, and they're going to be able to drive the devil out. And you want to be able to see God and not miss your blessing because you're focused on what it looked like versus the essence. Oh my God. I hear you, Holy Spirit. Huh? We have to be careful. We've taken on the world's identity of femininity and masculinity. I'm coming down a road. Huh? You've spoken of, well, we wonder why there's so much gender confusion. We done started it. We, we help perpetuate it. Huh? A woman, she don't like to wear dresses all the time and don't like to wear, wear pink. And she's like, well, where do I belong? And you done called her a tomboy since she was five. So she said, I might as well be what you done called me. Come here, man. Huh? I don't play football. I, 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 I cry sometimes. Huh? I like to cook. And you done told him he's homosexual. Hmm? Where do we get in the church culture that masculinity represents no emotion? You got men afraid to worship because they don't want to be seen as homosexual. Huh? It's in here. It's in here. So are women the only called intercessors? You go in on a Saturday, all you're going to see is women and maybe one man that represents security. Ain't got nothing to do with prayer. But you're supposed to be the leaders of the household, spiritually and naturally. But how are you going to do it when you don't know how to get to the feet of God? Well, I'm going to come down somebody's road today. We got to stop acting like the world. Men afraid to worship. Afraid to pray. It's not enough to come to the altar and give crocodile tears. God said those who worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. So you can't get deliverance by crying at home. You got to cry right here. And, and Jesus said if you deny me in front of others, I'll deny you in front of my father. 
We have women insecure about their singleness. Coming down a row again. Coming down a row. Asking women in their 40s, well, baby, when you gonna get married? Fix your hair. Maybe that'll help you. Put you some makeup on. And I didn't see nothing in Proverbs 31 that said that. Not a single thing that said you wear a skirt and the, and the husband gonna find you. I'm not saying if you wear skirts, to God be the glory. I wear dresses too. But that don't make you holy. The biggest round the ways had skirts to their ankles and everybody was overlooking it. We gotta stop acting like the world. We gotta stop acting like the world, pushing people to get married because their moralities needs to be in check. And you wonder why the church has the highest divorce rate. And we love to use that, it's better to marry than to burn. Come here, Paul, that ain't what he said. That ain't what he said. That ain't what he said. He says, I desire for you to be single. Come here, single people. Do you know there is favor in your singleness? There's favor in your singleness. You got so much time to spend with God. You got so much time. You ain't gotta worry about no husband. You ain't gotta worry about if you gotta cook for somebody. If the kid, well, the kid's supposed to come after the marriage, but you ain't gotta worry about no kids. Just you and God, you and God. You can get stuff that married people can't get to the degree. You can actually go after God with your whole heart and nothing holds you back. You want to start that business? You start it. You ain't got to worry about nothing. You, you got to worry about nothing. Huh? huh? There's favor in singleness. And we have to be comfortable and allow God to use us where we are. And Paul says, now if you can't keep yourself together, now for the people that say, oh, if you can't keep yourself together, I, you need to desire marriage but marriage is not the cure to immorality no no we need to teach be holy and maybe i'm gonna have to sit you down for a season till you can get it together but putting two people together that were never made to be ain't the way it ain't the way it's not the way then you tell people well you're married now as long as you got god no baby god is the first priority but we need more than god to get through this thing i need to know if you can handle money your emotions what we gonna do about these kids who cooking at night i'm tired i done got off work all that gotta be in order it ain't just god he's first but the other stuff gotta line up uh, i keep telling people i done told them baby i'm not tying myself to something to mess up my future over 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 sin oh no we need to preach holiness and deliverance then marriage because if you were sleeping around outside of marriage you're gonna sleep around when you're in it wouldn't have all these scandals if people got it together before they got married the lust was there before the ring the perversion was there before the ring and now you bringing somebody else into your mess and then we birthed mess children coming out of it 
generational curses coming out of mess. All because we didn't do what we were supposed to do first. Because we took on the identity of the world. That scripture, he that findeth the wife findeth the good thing. There's also other scriptures that talk about when you don't got a good wife. Y'all better read Proverbs. <laughs> you better read it. You go on and marry anybody you want to marry. See if you get favor from the Lord. You go ahead and do it. See, don't your life crumble. See, ain't your destiny attached to people that you attached to. Okay. Y'all getting quiet now. Don't get quiet. Don't get quiet now. my God. We as the church have taken on the identity of the world. Of the world. But the Bible says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Hmm? It says that ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its savior, and I was like, God, I was reading and he gave me this. There was a nugget, boom. He was like, I said, well, Lord, how can salt not be salty? So I started Googling stuff. I started looking it up. And it says that salt can lose its flavor by being or having chemical impurities. You missed it. Come here, salt. How do you lose your flavor? By being attached to something you ain't supposed to be attached to. Hmm? By being attached to people, places, things, ideals. If the salt loses its flavor, it will be good for nothing. And how are you going to season the earth and you in here all the time? You ever put salt on already seasoned food? to it so we we happy to see your gifts in here but we need you out there the church is not the four walls the church is you we got to go to the streets and then we get to the streets we can't be blinded by what we see church has taken on the identity of the world 
And because we have done so, we have caused people to run away and sit on their calling. Hmm? Where our favor is. It's in our identity. Who am I talking to who you've sat down on your gifts because you got church hurt? You walked into a place and you thought the place where you were going was God. But you walked into a room full of people because God uses people. And every time the Holy Spirit ain't in all the people. And you got turned away because the God that you were supposed to see, they couldn't deliver. We have to repent. There are people that need us to have the identity of Christ. I also want to talk to the gifted people in the room. You are more than just your gift. And I used to be just like you. I was gifted and the church let me die because my gift kept flourishing. But my inner man was dying. I remember, Pastor doesn't know this, but I'm gonna share it. Because I think it's vital. I remember, I actually, um, I would say March, it's been about a year or so, I had a life emergency surgery. A lot of y'all don't know about it, but I was out for a couple of weeks. And that's kind of where God really got my attention. That's when I locked my hair and was like, ooh, fresh start, try this, and all that type of stuff. And um, <laughs> I wanted to do it for years, but I was scared. Like you, I want to wear my hair different styles, blah, blah, blah. After that, and I was in that bed looking E.T., I said, uh-uh. I need my hair to be in a set style. <laughs> Yeah, people seeing me like that, I was like, give me a bonnet, somebody, please. Um, and so, like I said, I heard God, you know, I always hear God. I was one of those people that hear God and say, nah, I ain't finna do it. But then when the things of the Lord ain't right, I'm hot. On the inside, I'm like, ooh, y'all just messing it up. If you that person, you the, you the problem solver. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. So I went to the ordination class, and I was in there probably about second week of ordination class. And I was like, Pastor Joe just kept looking at me during that class. I'm like, keep looking at me. I don't know if he even noticed he was looking at me, but he just kept, every, maybe it was just me, he just kept glancing at me. <laughs> you know, you know when you, the Lord really trying to get your attention, you're, you're like, God, no, everything about me. <laughs> so he just kept looking at me. And I was going through a really hard time in my life, and he had no idea, I said, I'm finna, I'm finna quit this class. I'm gonna quit. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna quit this class. And I told God straight up, this is how I talk to God. I said, God, you want me to do this thing? You're gonna show me. People gonna see me and know who I am, and I ain't gotta say nothing. I ain't gotta utilize the gift. I ain't gotta, and God said, and all that. I don't, mm -mm. 
I'm beyond this base. And if you want me to come up here, you're going to show them. And I was like, he ain't going to do it. That was my mind. So that's why I said it. Mm -hmm. He ain't going to do it. Two days later. <laughs> Sunday morning come. And Pastor Joe was like, you know, Pastor Joe be having those. If anybody come and... You know, he was feeling it that Sunday. Leg was shaking. <laughs> the spirit was hot. <laughs> Musicians on the bass about to fall out. Y'all finna miss a whole bass. So we be having to hold ourselves. Y'all think people love to say, "Oh, you, y'all, y'all go ahead until the music stop." Then y'all be like, "We worshiping too, right?" So I came down. Cause he called, you know, he was calling people for, he did like a, he didn't even preach, you know, he didn't preach. It was, it was, the spirit was so high and he called everybody in the church. He was just praying for everybody in the church. And I was sitting there and I was like, well, I ain't gonna go and stay up here. And I think I probably came with like the last person came. I was like, all right, God, I'm gonna go. And that man prophesied to me so bad. <laughs> you go back and watch the live. I was laid out across the... The, the, the thing right here. I was just gone. And he said, the Lord sees you and he told me that you were called and that he's going to use you in a mighty way. And I said, Jesus. <laughs> the next I was like, I submit, Lord. You know. <laughs> but God sees you. He sees you. And in closing, I want to say, Two gardens and two choices. The first garden, the Garden of Eden, represented our downfall. But the second garden, the Garden of Gethsemane, represented our reconciliation. And the greatest unmerited favor that we have is the ability to be able to reconcile with God through Jesus Christ. You can stand to your feet. Breaking the identity crisis. Knowing who you are in Christ unlocks so many doors. See, you thought the job wasn't yours because somebody occupied the position. And so you got discouraged. I'm talking to myself. You got discouraged because of the promises that God made you. And the enemy blocked it. But you have to know the God that you serve. And that that position will either open up again or he'll move you in another one. I want us to hear God's heart today. That we remove the boundaries off of God. That there are people coming that won't look like us. They won't sound like us. but they are going to have the power and anointing of the Holy Ghost. 
and we have to be open to receive there is a generation that's coming and we don't want to miss the move of God God bless you if that blessed your soul we will love for you at your next opportunity to join us in worship every Sunday morning in Monticello, the Victorious Church at 8 a.m. or our Dream Center location here in Tallahassee at 10 a.m. We would love to have you and your family and we can't wait for you to join us at any of our locations. This is Pastor Joseph Davis. God bless you and join us again.